We've heard scripture today, three different Bible readings. Genesis, beginning of the book, beginning of the Bible, talking about how God created life. It was from Romans that we heard about the new life that God gives through holy baptism. And the gospel a few moments ago was about Jesus' baptism. That's where we begin our focus today, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated, please. Today's occasion is called the baptism of our Lord. And that's exactly what we talk about, celebrate, and our referent point. Two important things about the baptism of our Lord. That happened for Jesus when he was right ready to start his public work, his public ministry. His baptism by John in the Jordan River, like we just sang about, was, I guess the way I would put it, would be his ordination into ministry. Jesus didn't need that baptism to prepare for the Messiah. He was. He didn't need it for the forgiveness of sins. He was God, his God. He did it to fulfill all righteousness, as the Bible said. In other words, to take our place and to live under the law. This is where, as this baptism of Jesus fulfilled the baptism of all humanity, it prepared him for his public life. And by the way, if that wasn't made very clear, let me help you remember Jesus said, but I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with water. That was a different, a new baptism. And it was Acts chapter 16, as the early church grew, it needed to come to grips and understand John's baptism and the one that Jesus commanded. It was Paul who came upon some disciples, as they were called, and he asked if they had received the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, we got baptized with the baptism of John the Baptist, but we've never even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Paul wondered, no doubt about that, because we're baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like Jesus said. So he asked, and they told him it was John's baptism that they had received. And it was at that point then that he told them of the baptism Jesus commanded them, and baptized them with that. The baptism of John wasn't needed anymore. He had fulfilled his mission, and now was the time for Jesus' mission. And so it inaugurated that, Jesus' baptism and ours. Connected, but different. Water, to be sure, that's what baptism is. But the baptism of Christians is from Jesus' command. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being joined into God through that and teaching them, baptizing and teaching. That came about at the very end of Jesus' work, when he was ready to go home, having accomplished his mission and his ministry. He said, now, as you continue, that's what you do. Make disciples and do it by baptizing this way and by teaching them to observe all things.
Those two baptisms, the one that John the Baptist performed and the one that Jesus commanded and that we enact over and over, they're similar. They're water. They're for the forgiveness of sins. But they are fundamentally different. Fundamentally, as we remember Jesus' baptism in particular, I want to go to the heart of what those are all about. The new life that God gives us in holy baptism as our sins are washed, washed away, as Pastor Sean was talking about. The new life, but also the life, the very life that God first gives us. It's important because those two are connected closely. That first gift, Genesis chapter 1, is the gift of life. God created it like he created everything out of nothing. He simply said, let there be. He didn't start with any raw material. He started with his word and brought into being things that weren't. The universe, everything that fills it. And he began humanity with Adam. Physical life from nothing. That's what the biblical word create means, to make something out of nothing. God is the only one who can do that. God is the only one who did that as he created man and brought life into our world. And it was God then who said, now I'm going to give you a part in that precious gift. He said to the man and to woman, reproduce and multiply. The gift was his, but he began to delegate it or offer opportunity for human beings to pass on the gift of life that ultimately came from him, belongs to him, the physical life that comes from God through us. Now there's new life too, and we need to understand this. And it comes, and it's something more than physical life. Spiritual life is what this new life is. It's beyond what we see. It's beyond the normal gift of life. It's something additional. Spiritual life, it's something deeper. It comes from God himself as well. But it is spiritual. It is something of the spirit of God himself. Do you remember what Jesus said on occasion? He said, I've come that you might have life and to have it in all of its fullness. Come to give you life. That's where it comes from God, in, in Jesus, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But life in all of its fullness is what Jesus came to bring. In other words, he was saying there's an additional aspect to life. There's another level, a, a deeper, more profound level that I've come to bring. That's the new life, the spiritual life. That's the deep relationship with God. Life, physical life, comes from the power of God. This deeper spiritual light comes through the love of God in Jesus Christ. Do you remember that Jesus said that to be born again is what's necessary? He was speaking to Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Nicodemus wanted to know what was necessary to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, you've got to be born again. And I could just see in my mind's eye, and still can, 
Nicodemus scratching his head, he did say, what does that mean? Do I need to go back to my mother and start all over again? And Jesus said, no, you need to be born again of water and the Spirit. This holy baptism that we've been commanded with it, you and I have received water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The second reading talked about that as Paul wrote by God's inspiration in Romans chapter 6. When we were baptized into Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we died with Jesus in the water. And we were raised to life again, just like Jesus died and rose again. And we received that new life, that washing of all of our sins. Like St. Paul wrote later in 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New life, something new and different that God does and gives in holy baptism. So now, now you're seeing what is fundamentally true, and there's a connection here with life, physical life and spiritual life. The fundamental connection is important. Those both come from God, physical and spiritual life. And the new life that God gives us Christians as he makes us Christians and disciples enlightens. It enlightens our gift, the precious gift of life itself, physical life, because God is behind it. And because God gives us that special relationship in him that enables, allows us to see things that others may not see about the first gift that is the gift of life. This compels us to talk about this first gift of physical life. And those passages on the screen can help you. And they're, they're written down too in your parish notes that you can explore this on your own, that they are important each and every one. Life, the gift, it matters to God. That's how, that's why he gave it. He creates it so there's a connection. Because God creates life, it's important. He cares about it, especially because nobody else can create life. Without God, there's no you, there's no me. There's nobody else. There's no one. But with him, there is life. He's the creator. We're the creature. He's in charge. He's the author. Sometimes people talk about life as it begins as an accident. An accident. Well, even from a physical standpoint, a human aspect, there aren't any accidents we can use that word, and some do, to perhaps justify what took place or to speak about it in a way that relieves one of responsibility. But because God stands behind every life, there are no accidents. There are no mistakes. One way or another, and we don't always know how, where, when, or why, God is related because he is the author even of physical life. He is. We believe that. And because life comes from God, and because people matter to God, because you matter, because each and every creation 
of God. Each person matters to God. And because there aren't any accidents from his standpoint, because of all of that, life matters. It matters to him, but therefore it also matters to us, especially us who have been washed and cleansed and received that fuller gift of new life in Christ. Physical life matters, or it should. There's a lot that's disturbing about that physical life. Few people understand it. Few people look to understand it from the standpoint of new life. Few people, too few, recognize and accept it and even value the gift of God in physical life, or they refuse to take this for what it is. What's disturbing is how people can deny this or do and ignore the basic reality and put their own thoughts in the place of God's concerns and God's reality. How people sin against this truth. What's disturbing is how legislation has sometimes limited the life that God creates himself. The fact that legislation that limits abortion is and most likely soon to pass away. The legislation that protects life as God's gift. People are often at the point these days of redefining what life is rather than recognizing it as God's gift from the very outset to somewhere down the pathway of life to say, this is life, not back at the beginning. It's sad. It's disturbing. And even more so when some Christians fall into that line of thinking and deny God's work from the very, very beginning. How sad. How deluded. How, how, how evil. But there are encouraging developments among us and all those around us. Many people, more than perhaps ever, understand that abortion, for instance, ends human life. Gratefully, the number of abortions has decreased over recent years. And there's a variety of reasons for that, but they have gone down, and that's good. In the past few years, speaking of legislation, there's been more and more that protect life, that recognize life, if not as God's gift, as a fundamental truth in our world. What's encouraging is, is that more and more young people understand this truth. And especially, as can, should be the case, that we Christians understand it. And that we are as encouragement to mothers who carry life, who carry children, and who bring them into this world. What's encouraging is many Christians stand with them, help them with diapers, with, with more than that, with Christian love, with, with, with fellowship, with relationships, and help them even in the physical parts of life. That's our role as God's people, with the new life, the spiritual life that God gives, to value it and advocate for it in what we say and in what we do. We do that for physical life, even in the womb. We do that for children who have just been born, for children who have been born with defects or with problems. We can. 
we're able and we do do that for those whose lives are impaired and considered of little, if any, value by other people. We can and we do as God's people value life even to the point of death rather than limited by our own hands. Our Lutheran Church believes believes in physical life that it is God's gift, God's gift, and that it can and should be protected. We don't lobby or speak to individual legislation as a church body, but what we do is we teach the kinds of things that I'm mentioning this morning and help people who have received this new life like you to go and to stand for life, to advocate for it, to do what you can as individuals to bring this knowledge and to bring such godly practice to bring it all about. So what can you do? Well, I've begun that, but certainly to learn about life as well as new life. We learn about new life here all the time and grow in it, but also then to to learn about life itself, to educate ourselves, to keep up to date, and then to speak up for what we believe, to advocate for God's precious gift, to be sure, and then, (laughs) then to pray. That's something each and every one of us can do wherever we are, whatever our station, whatever our age, whatever our circumstance, to pray to God about thanksgiving for the gift, our role in what he would have us do, his role in what we pray only he can do. These are challenging times. I don't have to tell you that. That's a gross understatement. And if it isn't already, last week certainly proved that, both with misguided and unacceptable behaviors. And what I've spoken about is in that category, too, in yet a different way. Problems that include physical life, spiritual life, too. So much is sinking to new, lower levels. We can't just step back and let it happen. Each and every one of us has an opportunity, a God-given opportunity, to think things out, to read his word, to think, talk, and pray, and then to act. God help us. And as always, may God direct us. In the name of our new life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.